Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show lined up for you today, including guest Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. He'll be joining us, as well as Linda Harden, my wife, will be with us as well at the end of the show. It is April the 12th, and on this day in 1861, the bloodiest four years in American history began with Confederate shore batteries under General Beauregard opened fire on Union-held Fort Sumter in South Carolina's Charleston Harbor. During the next 34 hours, 50 Confederate guns and mortars launched more than 4,000 rounds at the poorly supplied fort. On April the 13th, U.S. Major General uh, Major Robert Anderson surrendered the fort. Two days later, U.S. President Abraham Lincoln issued a proclamation calling for 75,000 volunteer soldiers to quell the Southern quote-unquote insurrection. As early as 1858, the ongoing conflict between North and South over the issue of slavery had led Southern leadership to discuss a unified separation from the United States. By 1860, the majority of slave states were publicly threatening secession if the Republicans, the anti-slavery party, won the presidency. Following Republican Abraham Lincoln's victory over the divided Democrat Party in November 1860, South Carolina immediately initiated secession proceedings. On December the 20th, South Carolina legislature passed the Ordinance of Secession, which declared that the union now subsisting between South Carolina and other states under the name of the United States of America is hereby dissolved. After the declaration, South Carolina set about seizing forts, arsenals, and other strategic locations within the state. Within six weeks, five more states, southern states, Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, and Louisiana had followed suit and followed South Carolina's lead. In February 1861, delegates from those states convened to establish a unified government. Jefferson Davis of Mississippi was subsequently elected the first president of the Confederate States of America. When Abraham Lincoln was inaugurated on March the 4th, 1861, a total of seven states, Texas joined the pack, had seceded from the Union. The federal troops held only Fort Sumter in South Carolina, Fort Pickens off the Florida coast, and a handful of minor outposts in the South. Four years after the Confederate attack on Fort Sumter, the Confederacy was defeated at the total cost of 620,000 Union and Confederate soldiers who died on the battlefield. What a way to resolve uh, issues between states. Well, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill on Monday investing $70 million in programs to support responsible fatherhood in a statewide awareness campaign. DeSantis signed HB 7065, a child welfare bill that promotes responsible fatherhood in the state and encourages their active participation in their children's lives. The measure requires the Department of Children and Families and Department of Juvenile Justice to identify and meet the needs of Florida duly involved children within a specified time frame according to local laws and local news. According to the funded initiative, the bill supports case managers who help fathers find employment 
and transition from incarceration to private life. In addition, the bill also creates a mentorship program for at-risk youth to help children develop social and emotional life skills through the presence of father figures. The month of June will be designated Responsible Fatherhood Month before the law takes effect on July the 1st. Uh, DeSantis was joined by two of three of his kids when he uh, signed the legislation while other kids gathered around the Florida governor. In front of a podium was a sign reading, Strong Fathers, Strong Florida. The Republican leadership pushed back on the media uh, uh, media narrative attempting to disrupt the nuclear American family. In Florida, we do not uh, are not going to be following this propaganda, DeSantis said. Uh, we're going to help families stay together. DeSantis signed the bill at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp in Florida, Tampa, noting that he put uh, pen to paper at the team's Advent Health Training Center alongside with Bucks head coach, former head coach Tony Dungy, who is also a spokesman and contributed to All Pro Dad, a national fatherhood nonprofit program. That would be providing funding via grant opportunities by the bill. DeSantis said the organization uses evidence-based parenting education. Dungey gave an impassioned speech as he backed the bill, saying that it will be such a big help to fathers in Florida and agencies to support fathers in Florida. He commended DeSantis for bringing his children with him. Dungey said that, <clears throat> spoke about the importance of fatherhood, saying, I had a dad who was around me all the time and supported me, and I thought everyone was like that. I got my job in the National Football League, started interviewing our players, and started to understand not everyone had the same blessings I had, said Dungy. I really got driven home to me my first year here in Tampa when I got the job. Legendary man here by the name of Abe Brown, and if you hear, you know the name of a Brown Prison Ministry. He helped me to go with him and had tough older boys and when I met was 19 and 20 and 21-year-old kids like my boys. I remember driving home from the trip and asking Reverend Brown, how do you these young boys get here? And he told me it's not socioeconomic, it's not racial, it's not education, it's none of that. 95% of these boys did not grow up with their dad. And that hit me. That hit me very hard. And shortly after that, we were able to start all pro-ad and really uh, trying to do what we could do to help, he said. Tony Dungy. He was vilified on Twitter. Unbelievable uh, uh, people calling him names and uh, vilifying Tony Dungy for his comments supporting this bill. It's a good bill. How can you take have fault with that? It's unbelievable. The left is kind of screwed up. Well, a new study has uh, graded states by how well they handled the coronavirus pandemic and its subsequent restrictions and lockdowns, showing a stark contrast between liberal and conservative states. The Committee to Unleash Prosperity study compared state performance on metrics including the economy, education, and mortality from the virus and examined how states and their respective governments handled the pandemic response. Shutting down the economies and schools was by far the biggest mistake governors and state officials made during covid Particularly in the blue states, Steve Moore, co-founder of the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, said, We hope the results of this study will persuade governors not to close schools and businesses the next time we have a new virus variant. New York, California, New Jersey, and Illinois were among the worst in dealing with the coronavirus, performing poorly on every measure, the report said. These states had uh, high age-adjusted death rates. They had high unemployment and significant GDP losses, and they kept their schools shut down much longer than most other states, he reported. 
states like Utah, Nebraska, Vermont, Montana, South Dakota, and Florida, all governed by Republicans, received the highest scores in the study, first through sixth, respectively. In, in fact, 13 of the 15 top states are governed by Republicans. The study found no correlation in those states that enacted stringent travel, vocation, and dining restrictions with lower health death totals. The study verifies other studies which have found that lockdown businesses, stores, churches, schools, and restaurants had almost no impact, and I repeat that, no impact on health outcomes across states. States with strict lockdowns had virtually no better performance in COVID death rates than states that remained mostly open for their business. Throughout the first two years of the pandemic, liberal states were widely applauded for the restrictions while conservative states were lambasted. And here we go again. Philadelphia already now uh, has a new indoor mask mandate. You can see the whole process starting again. These people just don't give up. In fact, on the first Earth Day, April 22, 1970, the world was warned that billions would die soon because of a disastrous ice age. The earth has been cooling for 30 years and it was about to get much worse. Crops would not survive the ice age, so the people couldn't be fed. The earth was cooling even though CO2, the population, and fossil fuel consumption was rising rapidly, which are told, told uh, causes of warming. The solution for Democrats, whether it's warming or cooling, is always to take more money and freedom from people and transfer it to the greedy, powerful government. They will gladly reduce our quality of life if they get more control. They'd rather have people dependent on them for kickbacks instead of giving people more opportunities to move up in the economic ladder. They always claim it's for the common good. They claim that they are for reducing inequality, but the politicians and bureaucrats always come out ahead. The Democrats are the party of fear, whether it's on climate change, COVID, or anything else. They must indoctrinate and scare people into submission. And they are willing to spread as much misinformation as they must in order to infect the public with their desired policies. They seek to silence anyone who disagrees. It's sad that we have a president, vice president, who are limited intellectual capacity and seemingly no curiosity as we just repeat what they're told, uh, just like most people pretending to be journalists. People should stop pretending that Democrats are the party of facts and science. That's just a bald-faced lie. The greatest threat to democracy, prosperity, freedom, and survival is a great country is when the media, politicians, bureaucrats, Hollywood, and educators collude to push the big government policies on American people. It's not when the American people challenge a very questionable election. How well said. <clears throat> so just in 1970, they were pitching the whole Ice Age future for us. Now it's, of course, we're going to burn. The planet's going to burn because of carbon dioxide. Unbelievable. Tesla and SpaceX CEO uh, Elon Musk liked a tweet that speculatively outlines his vision for Twitter after the announcement yesterday by Twitter CEO uh, that the billionaire Musk, who recently became the largest shareholder of the tech giant, will not be joining the board of directors despite the board's invitation. The tweet by Tank TDS says that Elon Musk became the largest shareholder for free speech. Elon was told to play nice and not speak freely, the tweet liked uh, by Musk says. Musk declined the offer as he would have been constrained to just not 14.9% stock of ownership that he accepted and would also have one-twelfth of a vote 
at board meetings joining the other 11 members of the board. Musk's purchase of uh, Twitter stock has been cheered by the free speech absolutists, though it's ruffled the feathers of the establishment media, such as the Washington Post, who wrote that Musk's vision of free speech would be bad for Twitter. <laughs> Musk is, I can't even, I can't even read that with a straight face. Musk has been open about his preference that Twitter does list to restrict uh, speech than um, many see as hateful, abusive, or dangerous. Given his new influence, the way he himself used the platform bodes ill uh, for its future. Ellen Powell wrote on an outlet. Pro-Musk voices such as Bill Mayer, however, say that the Tesla CEO will, quote-unquote, fix Twitter. We live in a different age, uh, and when their Twitter is the public square, Mayer said in a real-time show, if you deny someone the right to speak on Twitter, you're basically saying you don't have free speech rights. I think that's what Elon Musk wants to fix at Twitter, said Marr. I agree. I hope he does. I'm I'm rooting for him, and of course... Uh, by not going on the board, uh, he had, can have a hostile takeover of what's going on and be very disruptive. I hope he doesn't. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up. Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. 
or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs, among other things, to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. I understand you're on your way up to uh, Tallahassee next week. Yeah, the uh, governor called a special session. Uh, as you know, we talked about this. He vetoed the congressional redistricting maps that we had to passed during session and uh, basically said he thought that our maps were unconstitutional and he wanted us to redraw them. So we're going to go up there next week and do just that. So uh, is this, uh, what kind of a standoff do we have here? Are you going to be able to negotiate some sort of a settlement? I I think so. Uh, We've asked the governor to provide to us what he, uh, you know, what his thoughts are basically give us his version of the map, have us take a look at it. I would assume that um, the his issue was mainly with the Jacksonville seat um, that uh, Congressman Lawson currently serves in. Mm-hmm. That was a very contentious seat uh, during the last reapportionment when uh, our maps were basically drawn by the courts. And the governor believes that the seat that the courts drew is, I mean, it runs from the uh, Jacksonville all the way down. I mean, it's just this long, almost, gerry, he says, gerrymandered um, seat that the courts drew unconstitutionally. So we're going to probably take another stay about it next week and see what we come up with. Perfect. Great. And I understand that you're going to be addressing the issue of property insurance as well. Well, that that would not be in next week's call unless it, it got done within the next day or two. Here's what happened during during. Everybody knows that we are in an insurance crisis in this state. Property insurance rates are just going through the roof, and a number of the property insurer companies are um, becoming insolvent. So that more and more people have to be uh, uh, getting their property insurance on citizens, which, of course, is the uh, insurer of last resort, and it's backed by uh, taxpayers. So um, we, the Senate passed what we thought was a meaningful, it's, it's a tort reform issue mainly, and that is the reason that the uh, property insurance rates are going so high is because property insurance rates are, are based upon claims. Florida is uh, abysmal in terms of claims, and it's, it's all related to um, lawsuits that are filed against insurance companies. Now, you see it all the time, you read about it all the time, roof claims, one or two tiles come off a roof, and roofers with their attorneys are chaining this up and saying, we'll get you a whole free new roof paid for by your insurance company. 
well, you know, that, that that's costing billions of dollars and, and the rates are going up. So we had passed some legislation in the Senate that would rein in some of these bad actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the House refused to concur in that, and so we left without finishing our, our work. Uh, many senators and representatives, um, including Senator Brandis from Pinellas County, have requested that we go back in and we work it out. Yeah, I hope you but, can. You know, the problem is, unless we have a willing partner in the House, we're going to be back where we started from. So well, we're trying to get uh, something passed that they can live with, but it has to be meaningful. It can't be just um, a uh, watered-down bill that does nothing. And, you know, we go home and say we did something, which is what legislatures do, you know, for Every once in a while. Well, that that scam to replace a roof, I mean, it, that, it does nobody any good, and it just costs us money. And, of course, in these times of inflation, I think our right. uh, uh, citizens will be very grateful if you're able to resolve the issue and uh, get the cost of insurance under control here in Florida. Yeah. It, you know, and, and the thing about it is it's gotten to the point where people believe that their, insu- their uh, homeowner's insurance is almost like, a uh, reserve fund yeah. that you're paying insurance all these years and that you're going to get a new a new roof or a new this or, you know, completely made whole. But that's not what the insurance is for. It's to cover just the damage. And so, um, you know, we've been seeing ants from, from these unscrupulous roofers, and, and this is not everyone. These are just a few where they are contacting homeowners on, on various streets and saying, uh, we, we got new roofs for, you know, three or four people on the street and we get you one too. Yeah. And not even taking into consideration that like everything, roofs um, and, and buildings do age. Yeah. So why would, why would, you know, unless you actually are paying enough insurance to put a new roof on, it shouldn't be part of that's not part of the deal well, and, but people are starting to believe that well and you know? the and the scam ends up coming out of our pockets the honest people who are paying their premiums right. and uh, not doing that so good luck on exactly. that I, I hope you're able to resolve that and hey, before i let you go i wanted to, uh, governor to send signed a bill on for a responsible fatherhood yesterday uh child welfare bill <laughs> sounded great tony dungy was there offering support and my gosh, he was vilified by the uh, mainstream media as well as uh, the, on Twitter. Any comments on the bill? I, I, I'm shocked about that. That's one of the bills that passed with bipartisan support. Yeah, it, this, this is getting absolutely outrageous. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, the Democrats voted for it because it's a great bill, and we put money into helping. You know, a lot of things. Um, Helping dads. Yeah. Everybody talks about um, helping moms and single moms, and, and that's really good. There are a lot of single dads out there. There are a lot of dads that need help. There are a lot of people that need uh, counseling and, and services. And so this is a whole uh, initiative to help dads. And I, I am, it drives me crazy of, of the misrepresentation um, of some of these bills. I mean, I just read Naples Daily News today. They misrepresented. The, they call it the Stop Woke Act. Total misrepresentation. Yeah. It's so <laughs> I'm sad. Not to give up talking to them. No, it's, it's really upsetting. I recall uh, interviewing Coach Kramer, the great uh, coach for Naples High School. And yeah. he, he said that he had, he and his coaches each had the, I, at one of the players at their homes for dinner every week, uh, like a, a different player each week. And it was because it was for many of those people, young men. Uh, the first time they'd ever sat around a table with a family. 
I, I, you know, I've talked to him about that as well. And they did it quietly. They didn't make a big deal about it. They didn't put it in the newspaper. Right. And they didn't get chastised for it. Honestly, if they if they were doing that today, they'd probably be chastised for yeah, doing that. Sadly, but I mean, what a great human being. And I just really applaud him for that What and what an impact he had here in Florida. But again, right. we, we need to make the family stronger. I think the steps that you... The governor taking, the, the state legislature is taking in order to strengthen the family here in Florida, you know, protecting uh, parental, parental rights, just so critical. So I hope you'll keep up the good work. Well, I think we probably will, notwithstanding all the negative press. <laughs> Absolutely. Kathy, genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you and have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right. Coming up. Boo Mortensen. We're going to find out what's new with Boo, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples Only Vitality and Longevity Practice, where acupuncture, medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a one-of-a-kind restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure to uh, chat with you on a Tuesday morning. It is indeed. Always, it makes my morning, Boo. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to do the sweet and the sour. Okay. Today. So tell us and about we'll it. We'll start with the sweet, the good stuff, which was 
the Masters. Did you watch it? I watched uh, a lot of it, and I tell you, it was just fantastic, wasn't it? It was awesome. Uh, you know, the first couple of days, especially in the beginning, they covered an awful lot about Tiger being back, which was great. And talk about a guy that's determined and focused and can get through pain and adversity. I mean, he he was really a, a, a heck of a role model. You know, I, I have to say, watching him walk up the 18th green when he finished his round on the fourth day, yeah. it was just, it, he was almost hobbling up. He, he he was bent over. You could tell he was in pain. It was just an incredible display of character, and in my opinion, and the, the appreciation yeah. the crowd expressed for, for his contribution. I mean, he could have easily quit after three days or two days. He, he made his, you know, he made his splash and went to the, no, he didn't do that. He just stuck it out, which I think all of us appreciated. Yes, yeah, and had a lot of admiration for him, and he's a heck of a guy. He's a complicated guy, and I also saw that or heard that he seemed to be very humble, yeah. uh, very appreciative, very appreciative to be there, Yeah, uh, very appreciative of the staff that was helping him. Uh, his support team. It was cool. And just for and our, list, our, our listeners, to... our listeners' uh, benefit, though, I do want to mention that he was in an automobile accident in 2021, and an accident that he almost lost his leg. I mean, he, he this recovery and now participating in this event is nothing short of a miracle. It is. It really, really is. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, and he he paid played through i believe enormous pain yeah yeah i had you to. know plus he's got his back and half of his back is fused i mean he's got a lot of physical problems but one of the other things i also wanted to mention about the masters is that a lot of the game i read a big article about it and that now so many of these players are so strong and power is king. Mm -hmm. The players now use sheer power to overcome mm -hmm. all the obstacles that are thrown at them on the golf course. And to give you an idea mm -hmm. of how big this is, I read a statistic 19 years ago, 26% of PGA Tour drives went at least 300 yards. Now it is 45%. Yeah. So it is routine for these golfers to hit the ball the length of three football fields. Isn't that just unbelievable? And, uh, you know, certainly the equipment has been modified and improved over that time, but I, I would say that's got a small part to do with, it's actually how these players, I think, are taking care of their bodies and really fine-tuning their bodies in order to accomplish uh, what they're doing. So even with the Masters, this has really become problematic because, what they did this year on hole 11 and 15 hmm. is they extended the holes. Well, you know, you can only do that on some, so many holes. And it is really, it's a big, big issue within the PGA now about how, uh, you know, hit it as hard as you can and then suffer the consequences, you know, risk reward. Yeah. And uh, they're just hitting it further and further. And it's, changing the complexity and the nuance of the game.
Now, I think at the Masters, the reason why you can only lengthen the hole so much is because it's on a compact piece of property. In other words, there's just no other, you can't move the, the tee back box uh, back. You can only move it back so far. But I don't think right. there's any rule about that in other courses, is there? I mean, they, could, they could lengthen as much as they want. Yes, I believe they can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But do you, is, that what, is that the answer, that you keep getting the courses longer and longer? Uh, I don't know. That's kind of what they're wrestling with. Well, I, th- I think... Uh, who my, knew? I had no idea. Yeah, my, my knee jerk... certainly isn't a problem with our game. No, it's not. <laughs> as I noticed my, my ball is going shorter and shorter <laughs> as, yeah. as I begin to age. But I, I think uh, along to your point about risk and reward, you know, if you're driving the ball 350 yards, the, the, magnet, the length just creates so little room for error that if you if you hit it offline just a little bit if going that distance it can end up in the woods it can end up anywhere and what amazes me is not only the velocity of the swing but also the balance these players hold i mean they finish the swing and maintain the posture you know the the uh, uh looking at the ball with after they hit it i mean i'm falling all over the place and <laughs> it's just amazing to see it is it's uh and so what some courses are doing is they're trying to increase the risk so that they're letting the rough grow longer than ever. Yeah. So if you hit it off course, you're really going to pay the penalty for it. Yeah. Or if it's on a course like the British Open, which is always windy, and you blast the ball and the wind takes it, I mean, you are really off course. But have you so noticed? Tr- have you noticed how these players can get out of trouble? Though, my goodness, there's yeah. trees everywhere, and somehow, some way, they can find an opening and put it on the green. I mean, they somehow draw it or, or fade it or whatever they do. It's just amazing the skills they have. It is. It's fun to watch. It's. Uh, I'll tell you, Bob. They're playing a different game than what we're playing. You think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was your first clue? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and now for the sour part. Uh-huh. I cannot believe that there. How many bureaucrats, time, energy, and our money went into making the decision that you no longer have to. You can put on your passport rather than male or female. You can check X. Unbelievable. Right. Don't you think that we have so many more issues than a gender on a passport? Now, obviously, I'm not transgender, so maybe I don't have the sensitivity for all of that. But I think you've got to be kidding me. Well, listen, first of all, this whole transgender thing is a a complete fraud and charade. Uh, There are two sexes. There's male and female, period. Now, you may have some males that want to uh, dress up like a female or change their body parts or do whatever they want to do. I mean, that's, that's a different issue, but the fact is they are always going to be a male <laughs> and, and vice versa. So to me, this is just idiocy, quite frankly. And second of all, you, to your point, I mean, the focus on this means we've got so many other things going on. We've got uh, 10% inflation. We've got a war in Ukraine. We've got uh, military right now that uh, we're losing soldiers because people are quitting because they don't want to get vaccinated. I mean, we've got big problems here in the United States. And to your point, we're focusing on changing the passport. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. And they had it went in. It's a, a bill. They had created a bill to make this all happen. And everybody is crowing about how fabulous it is. And I, I think... 
are you kidding me? You think this is going on in other countries and, and uh, you know, they got their nose to the, you know, the floor to the pedal or pedal to the floor on a lot of issues. What about our infrastructure? They gave the infrastructure all these billions of dollars. How are we going with that? All the problems with the um, the border and there and yet yesterday on NPR, God, I must they must have talked about this three or four times about how fabulous it is that uh, uh, you can check an Xbox yeah. on your passport. And I'm like, our country has just gotten weird. Well, it's uh, I think quite frankly the leadership. Of course, we put the leaders in place, so we are accountable. Boo Mortensen, it's always a pleasure. The sweet and the sour. It was sweet and sour. Just really appreciate your commentary. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Yeah. All right. Have a good day. All right. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. 
Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seaton. Tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and there's it's not happening. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a big challenge for sure. Hey, you wrote a great column about Musk and Twitter. Really interesting. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, of course. You know, uh, last week we spent a lot of time talking about Musk taking 9.2% of uh, Twitter's shares. And then, of course, they tried to tie him down by appointing him to the board. And he was smart enough to say, no, I'm not doing that. Because, one, that frees him up because they were going to cap him at 14.2%. He can buy more if he wishes now. And you can't badmouth a company you're on the board of. Right. So he he maintains his ability to speak freely, uh, you know, being board member free. So anyway, that that got me looking at – oh, and also Tuesday of last week. I didn't get a chance to write about it before yesterday. But Tuesday of last week, the head of the Anti-Defamation League is a guy named Jonathan Gold, Greenblatt. I always want to say Goldblatt. It's Greenblatt. I get the colors wrong. But anyway, I'm colorblind. But anyway, um, he was on CNBC on Tuesday morning debating Rich Lowry at National Review, uh, the once proud publication, now not so much. And they were discussing Musk and Twitter. And it went to um, what they asked Greenblatt, how would he handle, you know, the censorship of conducted by uh, Twitter and other you know, big tech platforms? And it was interesting. He said, uh, well, they're a First Amendment right. They're a private company. They can have on who and who they, who, whom and who they choose not to have on. And he said, just like National Review, just like CNBC, they choose their guests and their guest columnists and can deny anybody they wish. All very true. All things I've said. But then it was interesting. I, I had not paid attention to the ADL. The ADL used to be about anti-Semitism, meaning specifically anti-Judaism, because, of course, Arabs are Semites. And as we know, there's some anti-Semitism and anti-Jewism in the uh, Arab community. But anyway, because most of the anti-Jewism is now on the left, the ADLs had to kind of widen and broaden their mission statement. One of the things they work on is online hate speech. And, of course, shockingly, you know, they missed two years of Black Lives Matter killing cops and burning <laughs> cities while they search for the six members of QAnon. Right. While they scour the country for, you know. So, of course, they're completely imbalanced in that regard. So I don't pay much attention to the ADL. Well, he came on and he said, yes, these companies have a private company, First Amendment right to choose who they want on. He said, however, like CNBC, like National Review, they should be held liable when somebody libels somebody on their platform. And right. I'm like, whoa, that's antithetical to Section 230. Right. Section 230 is blanket amnesty from third-party actors libel, libeling or slandering somebody on a platform. And I went, wait a minute, what's going on? Well, I, if I'd done my homework, you know, I shouldn't have been surprised. It's like when I bought my house in Goodland, um, Bob, my the, my realtor, I found the house, sent the listing to my realtor. He said, I've been getting MLS listings in Goodland for eight years. I never opened any of them. Huh. I said, that was a mistake. Well, I should have looked into um, 
Goldblatt because previously they, they ADL calls it quote unquote reform, Section two thirty reform. But what they're calling for is the complete revocation of Section two thirty. If you don't have protection from libel under Section two thirty, you don't have Section two thirty protection at all because that's what it exists to provide. Right. And I went on the ADL website. They have all these statements about we need to reform Section 230 and, and you know, they should be held liable for libel. And I went, well, that's not reforming. You know, that's not mending it. That's ending it. That's, that's right. what they're calling for. And I just thought it was interesting that this left-wing group has gone farther than just about anybody I've seen, short of me, in calling for the basically the revocation, the end of Section 230. I thought that was very, very interesting, and they've been doing it for a while now. Yeah. So and that, I, I found that fascinating. No, it is fascinating. It just shows how uh, organizations can morph over the times based on the issues that we're preventing. I would call it mission creep. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, I think it was Bill Buckley that said, any organization that's not established to specifically be conservative ends up liberal. Yep. And the, the ADL originally started to be, you know, anti-Jewry, anti-Judaism, anti, you know, I don't use anti-Semite because, again, Arabs are Semites, right. not specific. And when, you know, now look at the political landscape, all the anti, you know, is is uh, Ilhan Omar a member of the Republican Party? I don't think so. No. Well, but she doesn't like she doesn't like Jews very much, does she? Well, I, I hope so, they I hope they have influence on getting rid of Section two thirty, though. I think that would be a good thing. Well, you know, again, why can uh, Nick Sandman and what was the kid's name uh, from Wisconsin? Oh, uh, who started uh, the Media Access Project, right? Yeah. Um, Oh my I'm, goodness! I'm uh, name. Yeah, my. T- I just went to the gym and I haven't eaten yet. My brain's not working. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, doggone it! I, Kyle I'm Rittenhouse. Carl, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, right. Kyle Rittenhouse can sue and win against every major media outlet in the country. Can't even file against big tech. Yeah. Uh, you know the New York Post. What you know, big tech shut down their Hunter Biden story. Uh, what 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 can they do? Yeah. Can they sue them for for fault? You know, no, because they got Section two thirty. And again, Section two thirty has been expanded again and again by horrible judicial rulings. The protections get wider and more blanket every time a a gavel comes down. It'll so be interesting. It, it, it'll be interesting to see what to uh, it'll be interesting to see what Elon Musk does about that with regard to Twitter. I think it's going to it's a hostile takeover, and I think there's going to be sparks flying. I just wonder how long the the CEO at uh, Twitter is going to last on on uh, the board and in the company. Uh, well, again, well, we'll see. It depends on where he gets as far as ownership stake. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Well, I don't think you need much more than 9%. He's the majority stockholder right now. Not majority, but he has the the, the largest stockholder. He's, he's, he's got the plurality. He's got more than anybody. Absolutely. See, such yes. an interesting and fascinating discussion. Again, the name of the column is Musk Twitter ADL CEO again, inadvertently, says Section 230 shouldn't exist. You can find it on lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. See, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She's been combing social media for looking for news for us, and we're going to be talking with her, that and more, right here on The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of The Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden, former uh, author of Greetings from Paradise. You can find all of them posted right now on my website, bobharden.com. She also combs the social media and the news for what's going on. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Another beautiful day in paradise. A beautiful day in paradise. Uh, I recommend to everybody, get out and get at least a half an hour of sunshine every day. It'll keep you healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'm wondering right now, Joe Biden hasn't seemed to make any effort to go to Ukraine to, to make a visit somehow to some way to provide support to those people. That's because they won't let him. Yeah, and what's going on with that? That's what I understand, that he apparently said, you know, they won't let me go to Ukraine. Well, it's it's so interesting, like I was telling you off air, um, uh, Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, was taking questions yesterday, and one of the questions to her was about Biden going to Ukraine. And she said, well, there are no plans for Biden to go to Ukraine. And this Jackie Heinrich, who's the who's the White House, one of the White House uh, press people um, for Fox News, said, well, why can't he go to Ukraine? They, he said he wanted to Ukraine, wanted to go to Ukraine, um, but he he said a few days ago that they won't let me. So she says, 
who won't let him go? Yeah. And and Jackie, I mean, uh, Jen Psaki was getting all flustered because because she says, well, I won't get, I'm not going to get into the the communications that are that are said privately, which just got her into worse trouble because you can tell these these conversations. It wasn't private on. because he said he wanted to go. Exactly. <laughs> so, he, you know what though, the guy, what did he say? He had made some comment about prostitution the other day. The guy has he's. Uh, President Biden, I, we should pray for him because we need some well, leadership. Well, let's just call him Vice President Biden because that's what he called himself last week. <laughs> yeah, but he, he's he's so confused. And uh, boy, oh boy, what are, what's going to happen here with the midterm elections? We know that uh, right now the Republicans are favored to win the House. I just read a column this morning that right now they're favored to win three or four seats in the Senate, which would be great. Well, well, we have we have a dilemma here, and the Democrats have a huge dilemma. Because this man is looking more and more senile, senile every single day. Yesterday he was out in the Rose Garden talking about these ghost guns, whatever the heck those are. And, and um, by the way, Tucker Carlson and a bunch of people made an absolute joke out of, out of the whole press conference. But, but um, he, he, he introduced his new uh, well, the, uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms leader yeah. that, he was, that he was nominating. But he called it the AFT. Yeah. He couldn't pronounce the guy's name. <laughs> I mean, he's he he bungles everything. You know, I he he when he, he was he had uh, some of those parts for the ghost gun. Well, he was out there at the press conference. He says anybody can assemble it. And the question on my mind is, okay, let me see you do it. <laughs> exactly. But but I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine his handlers? Yeah. Every time he goes out in public, are praying to the almighty God that this guy doesn't screw up one more thing because they're trying to eke it out until the midterms. Well, they, and, uh, and they should learn to accept it because it's, that's what's going to happen. He's going he's gonna, to uh, commit more and more errors and uh, misspeak on a number of issues. They need to put him back in the basement or throw a net over him. And, and you know, if St. Elizabeth's was still open, they should put him in there. The, the guy is seen. I was listening to, to, when I was out walking uh, yesterday, I was listening to Glenn Beck and they were they were absolutely they couldn't get enough of Biden's speech last week when when he was um, introducing the new justice to the Supreme Court out in the Rose Garden mm-hmm. and he went off script and and you watch you watch the uh, judge Jackson and and Kamala Harris who by the way was wearing her UPS uh, yeah. uniform again that's racist Op- <laughs> <laughs> I can't say what I want to say on the radio. Anyway, um, so he he starts. He says there's only one word to describe America, and then he goes off on this tangent about that he's that he's walking in the Himalayas with with the president of China for seventeen thousand miles. Yeah, and he says, but you can't, you can't, you can't. And then somehow the word that. prostitute got thrown in there. Well, that was yesterday. That was yesterday. <laughs> he was trying to say prosecute, but the words didn't come out. I mean, it's just serious, and and so and so Glenn Beck and and his the other people that he has on his show were saying, "Oh my goodness, this guy is not fit." Yeah. But but and what would happen if they put Kamala, who is not fit either, in? But they lose the majority in the Senate because she's the she's the vote uh, tiebreaker. Right. So so they've got a a huge dilemma. He is getting worse by the second, and somebody. Uh, this this gal I watch on social media I follow she does all the news watches all the news so I don't have to watch everything, but but she's putting this stuff out about about him and all the all the faux pas he makes 
He can't do anything. What are the Democrats going to do? Well, here's the thing. They seem to have come to the point where they're ready to throw Joe under the bus. Uh, the, the Hunter oh, Biden. Oh, I know what she said. Just excuse me for a second. Just yeah. my memory came back. But she says you can just watch him from beginning to the end of of what he's um, his little speech out in the Rose Garden, and you can see the drugs wear off. You can see he starts out uh-huh. strong, and then as he goes, he, he can't be out there for more than a few minutes. That's interesting. So he, they they got him drugged up, huh, in order to do these things. That, probably well, so. Probably so. Uh, some sort of awareness drug or something. But the, the point being is that uh, they, they seem to be throwing Joe under the bus now. The Hunter Biden story and uh, the New York Times and other media outlets are saying, well, you know, with the stuff that we said wasn't true. They didn't say that. They, they're saying, well, there seems to be some truth in this. Uh, well, they just admitted it, it was true. It was true. And, and, and oh, by the way, and just in case um, uh, your listeners weren't aware, uh, uh, Bill Barr, the former attorney general for, for Trump, was talking to Brian Kilmeade on the radio Last week, and they and Brian Kilmeade was saying about about the um, Hunter Biden laptop and how all these fifty one security experts signed off on the fact that absolutely it was Russian disinformation, mm-hmm. and uh, and Brian Kilmeade asked Bill Barr well, what would make them do that. Bill Barr said because they're all political whores. Yeah, <laughs> that's which, which pretty well sums it up. Which I mean, <clears throat> it it is just so apparent that. The establishment in Washington D.C. is desperate to hang on to their to the people well, they the put swamp, in office. The swamp is thick and deep. Yep, and 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 Donald Trump was an outlier. He was non-establishment. He blew everything up, and they are desperate to get it back. And they put their hopes on Joe Biden. Yeah, so. I think all Americans right now, or most Americans right now, uh, want a return to the Donald Trump era where we have low inflation, where we have high employment, where we have uh, no lockdowns. Let me, let me just say this real quick, and I, I know you have to go, but, but, but I, I have to revisit that um, experience in the, in the uh, East Room of the White House last week when uh, Barack Obama was brought back. And... and Joe Biden was like a persona non grata. No one would pay attention to him. Um, he had he, nobody to talk to. Nobody to he talk to. He tapped Barack Obama grabbed, on the shoulder. He grabbed him by the shoulder, and Obama ignored him. He didn't ignore him. He sloughed, he, he wiped his hand away exactly. and went out and shook somebody else's hand. It was amazing. So, so that, to me, that says everything about who's in charge. And it's not Joe Biden. No, it's not. Linda Harden, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, please tell your friends. We kind of grow it organically. And uh, while it's posted on a number of websites and podcast uh, sites, uh, platforms. Uh, nevertheless, uh, people can't listen to it unless they know about it. So I hope you'll mention it to your friends. Tomorrow we have great guests. We've got Bob Levy. Bob is the uh, chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll visit with Bob as well as Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.